the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mentolo has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelo. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Today we're continuing in our series entitled Courageous Conversations, looking at the world through the lens of faith. As we look at the world through the lens of faith, it's messy and sad and also amazing. Through the lens of faith, we see people living in darkness. In some cases, they've been turned away from God by the forces of evil which influence secular events. In some cases, their parents turned away long ago and they're living with that choice. And in some cases, they've chosen to turn away from God to pursue idols of their own creation. One doesn't have to look far to see the results of those godless perspectives. At the same time, there is courageous beauty all around us. In my travels, I see so much kindness, compassion, hard work, and hope. People taking care of each other in so many special ways influenced by their faith and belief in Jesus. And so, with this series, our prayer is to talk about all the things we encounter as we look at the world through the lens of faith in order to better understand how to navigate what can only be described as a spiritual battlefield. With me in the studio today to help me with this conversation are Pastor Steve Dennis, the Courageous Christianity Ministry Pastor, and of course, my wedded wingman and best friend, Christy Mendelo. Oh, best friend. (laughs) I love that. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Pastor Steve, would you pray for us? Absolutely. Father God, we praise your holy name. We come today with just humble hearts, and we pray that during this time you use it for your glory, you use it for your kingdom expansion, you use it to speak to your people, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit go before us. Let it land the words that are spoken here today on the hearts of so many that are wherever they are and whatever 
they're needing to hear from you today, Lord, that you would you would speak to them, that you would take this time and and magnify it, and let the fruit be a hundredfold harvest from this time, Lord. We praise you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for those listening. Let us all draw closer to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 On my heart to lead off with today is the subject of second and third order effects. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 9 says, You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God punishing the children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. In the military, we talk a lot about second and third order effects. For example, in the initial invasion of Iraq, much of the infrastructure was destroyed. In this conversation, that's the first order or the first layer or set of events. Because much infrastructure was destroyed, the people were without essential services like power and waste disposal. That's the second order, the consequences of that first set of events. After being without essential services for a month, they started thinking that life under Saddam Hussein was not so bad, and they resented the U.S. after initially praising the removal of that genocidal dictator. In simplistic terms... This became the breeding ground of much insurgent activity as the people became receptive to those who acted against the U.S. So the first order was the destruction of the infrastructure. The second order was that the people were without essential services. And the third order was that they became resentful and the, the hate and the malice of the insurgency found fertile ground. Does this make sense? Complete sense, yes. Yeah. Okay, so if you can think about where I'm going with this, the Lord says that the sins of the parents will be visited on the children to the third and fourth generation. That means the little things that we do find their way far into the future, not just in terms of many years, but in terms of their effect. So we've talked about the pebble in the pond and the ripples. That's exactly where I was going, the ripple and, effect. Right. And we've heard it described as the butterfly effect. A butterfly in Japan flaps its wings and we have a hurricane in the U.S. Right. What we're talking about here is sin, a righteous God, and no sin can go unaccounted for. And so that sin not only does things that we can't imagine, but it has generational consequences. Thoughts, Pastor Steve? There's, as usual, so much going through my head on this. The The ripple effect is a, is a word I like to use, and, and I'm, I'm sure certain we'll get to it more, talking about the, 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 the generations, and you said every sin must be accounted for, and, and yes, that is true. Uh, that was why Jesus came. So, there, we'll get to that, but but the immediate ripple effect of, and the the first thing that comes to mind and where my mind immediately goes to this, is there are so many affected by our decisions. Sometimes we don't even know, right? Um, but um, when I see when I'm at a, uh, I think I've mentioned this even on a show once, um, the gas station that one of the gas stations that I somewhat frequent sitting there getting gas, but it seems to be a popular swapping of the parents, kids, you know, the 
I was I was with dad all weekend. Now I got to go back to mom's or whatever. And it seems co-parenting to be co-parenting switch co- off. Yeah, co-parenting switch off. And it, it it seems to be a popular spot. And I'm sitting here getting gas, and it just never fails. There's at least one or two switch switch offs of the kids. And and I just think of the effect that whatever reason, why why whatever reason they're there, but more times than not, it was it was poor choices that got them there. Here's here's kids being shuffled back and forth. Here's you know now they're having to they're having to grow up in a in a situation that wasn't intended for them, um, wasn't that, that wasn't the original design of the family, and so anyway, and not that 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 just means you're going to have a horrible life or anything, but I'm just I. Sometimes those first or second ripples are the ones that are the biggest, and and then where does that leave those kids down the line, and right. and what does that ingrain into their head that that this is this is how you uh, a husband's supposed to treat their wives, and so now I'm going to treat my wife like this because that's the way dad treated mom, and they're split up, and well if if my first wife doesn't work out, well we'll just split up and we'll swap the kids in Kroger parking lot and. And that's just how it'll go. And then what are and then what are those kids going to grow up to do? And then right. so forth. So um, the the fact of does this like okay four generations from now I'm gonna God's gonna punish this kid? But no, I believe it's more of it's that generational curse that just sets him on a trajectory that that's all he knows. Yeah, that's a good example. Uh, very sad. I once read a statistic that said it takes three to four generations for a divorce to work its way through a family. And friends, I hope you know, there's no judgment here. I am divorced. Christie's divorced. We're not talking about you're an awful person and all of these things. That's a short place to go. It's an easy place to go. The more difficult place to go is to say, how do I make better choices? How can I make those choices better for those around me? And uh, a lot of times, uh, I think that's the productive place to go. What I'm hearing in all of this and what you let us off with is how awesome this is and not awesome in the in the term of yay, like how far reaching. Grand, huge. How grand, how huge. And it makes, when I hear how you've explained it, um, the ripple effects of sin brings you back to that moment of that choice of to um, do whatever, divorce or not. When we humble ourselves to that choice, that moment of not just what's in it for me right now, but what can this do for four to five generations? Will that change what I do right now? And that's that's awesome in the humbling sense. It's amazing. And so we cannot identify all of the possible ramifications of any single thing. There's this movie called The Fisher King with Robin Williams. Yeah. And it was about this uh, DJ who went on a rant on the radio. And if I'm remembering it right, I haven't seen it in a very long time, but he went on this rant on the radio. And this one unstable person heard this rant, and he went into a restaurant and shot the place up. Mm. Well, one of the people who was killed was Robin Williams' wife. And years later, the DJ, played by Jeff Bridges, I believe, 
meets Robin Williams, who's a homeless man. Mm. And when the whole thing comes out, it turns out that Jeff Bridges was the DJ on the rant and Robin Williams, the homeless man who couldn't uh, cope with that terrible tragedy. And it, I just use that as one example. We can never anticipate the ramifications of the things we do. And so the consequences are so high for our generations and so high for society writ large that the first question in my mind is, how can I prejudice all my decisions toward the best outcomes? Right. And that's where we get to the idea of staying in God's shadow. I, th- I think I said last week, Christy and I got a new little puppy, and I just took him for a walk uh, today, and he did the best ever that he's done, and he, strayed, he stayed right by my leg. And there were cars and stuff like that, but because he was right by my leg, everything was good and, and comfortable. And again, looking up to you for guidance. And he kept checking on me every so often, and I just think about us staying right next to God's leg, doing what he says in the Word. If the Bible says you should work, you should work. If the Bible says husbands love your wives, wives respect your husbands, that's what we should do. And that way we prejudice everything toward the best possible outcome. And stay with us, folks. We're going to talk about this more in the second segment. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show, and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. We are having a courageous conversation here on Courageous Christianity. And it might be hard to understand exactly what we're talking about, but we began with a scripture talking about how the iniquity of the fathers will be visited upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. It says that in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 9. And God says, these sins, this is a big deal. They uh, do tremendous damage. And we said they do damage not just in scope, like a pebble thrown into the pond that produces ripples that go way further than we could imagine, but also they do damage for a long time. And the example that we used was a divorce, which takes itself uh, three to four generations to fully work through a family in terms of the damage that it can do. And so we're so happy to have you with us in this Courageous Conversation because we're looking at the world through the lens of faith and trying to better understand how we should walk. And so the question that I have is specifically for Pastor Steve, 
What does it mean when it says the sins of the father? What what does that mean specifically? Well, it's when they're in the context of this the the uh, verse you quoted. It's saying that my sins will then be laid upon my children. And what's a sin? So sin, the the short version in the end is, is anything that falls short of the glory of God. Okay, anything that does not live up to God's mark, we fall short. Okay. That's the simple version. Now, we could spend show after show after show naming what Scripture talks about. Murder, envy, steal, lust, sexual immorality. All You know, we, I mean, we can go on and on and on. But the, the simple thing, um, and I think probably one of the most common that, that most people don't even think about, is idol worship. Um, idol worship's a sin. Uh, we have a jealous God, and, and, and we immediately hear the word jealous, we think of a bad word. Oh, jealous is bad. But it, it's a good thing because when you're talking about the love of a father or the love of a husband, if if somebody was was making passes or hitting on my wife and that didn't bother me, then there's a problem in our relationship. I forget what song. There's a song that I love that talks about how he's jealous for us. He's uh-huh. protective of us. He's Exactly. And not only of us in our physical being, but the relationship between us. That's why he says that you shall have no gods before me. Okay. Um, so placing whatever it may be, I, I would think the most common is ourself. A lot of times we put yeah. our, our own wants, our own desires on the, the top shelf of our heart and move God down. Uh, but maybe it's sports. Maybe it's your little league team that you're, you know, you guys are spending all your time at or, or it's money, or it's the job, or whatever, um, that most people would not even think if you said, well, what's sin? Oh, well, my job's not a sin. Well, it is if you're putting it above God. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're making choices above that that are affecting your walk with God, then it's a sin. You know, what comes to me as you say that is something that I've said before on the show. Here's what you do, how you do it, why you do it, and when you do it. So something that's not necessarily a sin can become a sin if the heart that's behind it is wrong. For example, there's nothing wrong with working hard. There's nothing wrong with wanting to provide for your family. But if I make money my master, and now I take no time off, and I don't uh, observe the Sabbath because I'm out there trying to score another buck— not truly because I want to take care of my family, but because I want a newer car and a bigger house and I want everybody to see how I've made it. Well, that was where something completely reasonable, what I do, why I do it, how I do it, and when I do it, became a sin. Exactly. Because I put it before God. So that makes a lot of sense. And then if you take that example, so for example, sexual immorality, we live in a totally sexualized society So there's lots of casual sex, and with that casual sex come lots of unintended consequences. And in those unintended consequences, in that sin, are the second and third order effects, whether the second order effect is an unwanted pregnancy. And so the third order effect is now an abortion, a murder of an unborn child, because of that first thing that happened, which was sexual immorality. And it was so easy to get there because society tells us, oh, yeah, that's cool. You know, uh, it's in commercials, it's in advertising, it's in uh, just about everywhere you look. And so that's how we got there. 
The thing that I think is important for us is to discuss the choices that we make, which lead us there. So the guy working hard to support his family wasn't wrong. But then he made some choices, some little choices. For example, he made the choice that they weren't going to go to church on Sunday. He was going to work more. And that's where things started to get off track. So I'd like to ask Christy about choice because there was a time in my life when I was working very hard and I was working seven days a week. And if you'd have asked me, I'd have said, I have no choice. I had taken a massive pay cut at the airlines, and I was just trying to pay the bills. So if you'd have said to me, you always have a choice, <laughs> I'd have got pretty angry because I was a guy feeling like he had no choice, trying to decide would I pay the water bill or the power bill. So help us with choice. Well, to do that, I want to read something. It might take just a little bit, but I think uh, everyone will think it's uh, definitely worthwhile. So okay, here we go. The last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And there were always choices to make. Every day, every hour offered the opportunity to make a decision, a decision which determined whether you would or would not submit to those powers which threatened to rob you of your very self, your inner freedom. The way in which a man accepts his fate and all the suffering it entails, the way in which he takes up his cross, gives him ample opportunity, even under the most difficult circumstances, to add a deeper meaning to his life. It may remain brave, dignified, and unselfish. Or, in the bitter fight for self-preservation, he may forget his human dignity and become no more than an animal. Here lies the chance for a man either to make use of or to forego the opportunities of attaining the values that a difficult situation may afford him. Anybody know who wrote that? No. Victor Frankl. Man's Search for Meaning. Yeah. One of the most amazing books out there. So he was in a concentration camp and saying that you have a choice in every circumstance, even a concentration camp. And his probably one of the the um, biggest takeaways from that book is in that concentration camp. Uh, it, now, mind you, he was a psychiatrist from Austria, and so he went into this concent- concentration camp with some tools. Uh, with some tools, yeah, absolutely. But in this concentration camp, uh, he met. He was in, I think, a series of four. He lost his father. He lost his mother. He lost his wife, and he. Uh, was fed dirty water soup with a fish head in it. And I can't remember the specifics exactly, but it was how he looked at it, and he made a choice of how to think about that soup and and to be grateful for it. And so really ultimately in this book and his work is we're meaning-making people, and and when we look at everything as a choice for us or against us, then um, uh, we have a little bit of, a, you know, our eyes are a little bit wider open. But if you think about it from a faith-based standpoint, um, you know, every second is a gift from God. He's, he's also gifted us free will. And, and so in those seconds, in uh, that free will, what are we going to, what are we going to do? Are we going to choose for or against us. So everything, in fact, is a choice. Yeah. Uh, so me, I'm that guy trying to pay that bill. 
Um, I could have said, I'm not going to live like this, and we don't need to live in a big house where I can't afford the power bill. That's a choice. Right. Um, the thing that I hear behind the whole conversation is there's a choice that precedes all other choices. Mm-hmm. And that's the choice to say, will I be a man or woman of God, or will I be what's left when the world is done with me? So sometimes we draw these decision trees, like uh, as an airline pilot, is there a suitable field to land within 100 miles or is there not? And then you go down these different decision paths. Right. So if we say the seminal choice, the choice from which all other choices flow is, am I a man or woman of God or am I playing church or am I what's left when the world is done with me? anything other than a man or woman of God, because if I say I'm a man or woman of God, now I have to say, what does God expect of me? What does Scripture say? And now I can't say what God expects of me unless I read the Bible. And I told the story a couple weeks ago of this lady that we met who said, I'm a Christian, but I don't like to read the Bible. And I was like, well, then how do you know what God is like or what he wants or his character or his love or... How do you know anything? And so decision one, I want to be a man of God. Decision two, understand what's required of a man of God. Decision three, pour everything through the filter that I just built by saying what is required of a man of God. And that's where every conversation begins. And believe me, there is an answer in the Bible to every single conversation that we come up with. If you see something on the news... There's a, a scripture in the Bible that addresses it. Pastor Steve. No, I, I agree. I, that, was, that was on my mind as, as we pointed this whole discussion towards choices, so to speak. The ripple effect of the choices I'm making down here are rippling back all the way to what I—you you hit the nail on the head perfectly. Have I first made the choice to, to surrender my life to Christ and then follow him and live for him? Because if I have, then it makes these other things that, that seem maybe questionable not so questionable because I just—what did God say? And, yeah, then, and like... then should I have this random sexual encounter that might lead to the unplanned pregnancy that you were speaking of? No, I shouldn't because that's not my husband or my wife. No, right. You know, so boom, take that off the table. Yeah, that's exactly the point I was getting to. It takes a lot of choices off the table. And we're going to talk about that more in the third segment. Stay with us. Right here. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance 
and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are talking about Courageous Conversations. Pastor Steve said I was talking really fast in the first couple segments, and I told him I had some cough syrup, and that has a lot of caffeine in it, or DayQuil, whatever they call it. And then I had a couple cups of coffee. So please excuse me if I am going a little bit fast. But in that uh, last segment, we were talking about how if we make the seminal choice to be a man or woman of God, then the way we find out what that choice entails is to read the Bible. So for those who accept Jesus in church and you go to the front of the sanctuary, that's the very beginning. But now we have to find out who is this Jesus to whom we've given our hearts. And Pastor Steve said there are different choices, and I think that's so great because if we pass everything through this filter— I have now decided I want to be a man of God. I'm reading scripture and I'm learning what that entails. And now a bunch of friends come over and they ask me, hey, do you want to go out clubbing with us? We're going such and such and such and such. Well, now there's another choice. But before I make that choice, I reference the seminal choice, which is I want to be a man of God. And so now I say, hey, fellas, I've got much fewer choices to make now. Because going out uh, on the town with you guys all night, getting drunk, being an idiot, is no longer acceptable given this seminal choice that I want to be a man of God. So this isn't even on the table. And then life starts to get a lot simpler, not easier, because it's hard to tell your friends, hey, sorry, not only can I not go out with you tonight, but I'm going to probably, you're going to probably be seeing a lot less of me. It's a compass. It's a compass. That's a great way to put it, uh, Pastor Steve. And so as you're saying that, I, I'm hearing the proverbial, oh, well, Christians can't have any fun. You know, that, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm... But that statement comes from a series of ideals and ideologies and thoughts that I've proclaimed as truth, I guess, that in order to have fun, I got to go out and be on the town and be the idiot and and and... Uh, peruse and chase women and do whatever whatever 
that's fun because that's what the world says is fun. So in an essence, it all boils back down to the choices and the, the ripple effect that this is, I think we might be kind of sounding like we're going all over the place, but in my mind, I see it as this beautiful full circle picture of this ripple effect while we initially started talking about the immediate impact it had on people, but it's the ripple effect of our choices. Um, I, I saw a sign the other day, you know, you mentioned, okay, so I go out and I have, so I, let's say I go out on the town with my buddies and, and we do that. We go wherever and this or that. I run into a lady friend and, and wind up back at her place and we all know what happens next. And then boom, here comes the unexpected, uh, undesired, unde, you know, unplanned, um, uh, pregnancy or, or in, and. I saw a sticker the other day, uh, stopped at a at a smoothie shop and was through the drive-thru, and there was all kinds of stickers of all sorts of stuff. People, that that was a thing. It was, it was that place. It was cool to do that, I guess. And so this one sticker that it said, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how it said, forced motherhood is slavery. Vote for abortion. Ugh. And I just, like, I mean, I just sat there and stared at it. I'm like, mm. this train of thought is Whoa. a series of bad choices that gets you to the place that not only do you believe this, you're going to propagate it everywhere and stick stickers. Forced motherhood is slavery. Well, let me read you this. This addresses it precisely Uh on unintended consequences. Since we can't see all the ripples of our actions over time and in all of their complex interrelationships, it's impossible to foresee the unintended consequences. This is why it's better to love and to trust God. He has it all laid out, not from the perspective of a tyrant, but from the perspective of a loving father. He can see far over the horizon. He sees the unwanted pregnancy that results from sex outside of marriage. He sees the suffering of children raised without fathers. He sees the pain of people caught up in political schemes, influenced to have abortions, though the Bible says thou shalt not murder. What do you think about that? In in that, that, that nails it on the head again. So, ultimately, I, I mentioned the the idol and the self worship. Um, if you ask most people out there, do you worship yourself? Like, oh no, that's crazy. But you can't get to this place to where you you would you would believe that so much that you would stick a sticker on the wall to try to help further that cause without going. Let's back back up. My flesh wanted to have the sex un unhindered un with any without any gravity to it. My flesh wanted to do that. My flesh wanted to get here. I want, I want, I want. So therefore, because I want this, this could be a negative effect of that. Well, I don't want that negative effect. So therefore, I need to just get rid of it. You see how many times I yeah, use do, I? Yeah, and um, not only that. If I do away with the consequences, now there's no sin. Right, exactly. So it's it furthers me to just travel freely down this path because all of a sudden, 
I've got this child right. that is now looked at as a, as a burden, as this or and that's where the ripple effect. And now this child may not be raised, may not, may, may, you know, very easily could be raised in a loving home, but it, this kid's path is going to be skewed based on the fact of how he got there. You know, something that I'd like to say at this point, we're not three perfect people sitting Absolutely here not. by any means. No, no way. <laughs> all of us have been in all kinds of different places, done all kinds of different things. And then you get to a place where you say, I want Jesus. I want the love of Jesus. I need the forgiveness of Jesus. I want to be something more than what the world says I am. So I'm going to strive on a daily basis to be something. What am I going to strive to be? Let me open this Bible and I'll tell you. And then we open that Bible, not because somebody told us to, but because we want to know what's expected of this person that we want to become. And so we make different choices. And little by little, we turn away from the world and we turn toward Jesus. Friends, I'm far from perfect. We, we've all lived. We have made mistakes. But there comes a time when we have an opportunity to do the next right thing, to do something different, to say, this might have been what I was yesterday, but tomorrow I'm going to be something different, and I'm going to start being different right this second. And that's the beauty of Jesus Christ, because it's in his love that he says, for instance, to the woman at the well, you're living with, uh, you've had five husbands, you're living with uh, another. And he doesn't say to her, you're a horrible person. He says, go and sin no more. And so we have this choice to go and sin no more. We have this choice to make decisions prejudiced toward the right outcomes because God says they're right. What father is going to teach his kids to do wrong? Except for Steve Martin, who had that idea that he was going to teach his child to speak wrongly so that on the first day of school, when he had to go to the bathroom, he would say some nonsense language like Mumbo Dogface in the Banana Patch. And then he thought that'd be really funny. No father's really going to do that. That's why it was a comedy skit. When God says a man should work, when God says a man should love his wife, when God says a wife should respect her husband, that children should honor their father and their mother, when he says don't gossip, when he says don't uh, have a foul mouth. All of these things come from a loving father who's saying, buddy, I see so far over the horizon, you would be shocked. And what I see happening now is you're going out with your friends. You're going to end up drinking too much. You're going to make bad choices. And then this whole thing is going to happen. Well, and in that whole thing, uh, what I hear, especially in this forced motherhood, is slavery bumper sticker, sticker, whatever it was. Shocking. Yeah, shocking, is blame and not wanting to take accountability for those choices. And and so we look at the fruits of our life and we go, we don't like what we see, but I'm going to blame it on the system. I'm going to blame it on my circumstances when everything is a choice and everything mat matters. And if I point myself to that to that true compass, the word, I, I don't like what my life is 
turning out to be the fruits that are being produced, then let's produce some new fruit and make quit different blaming. Choices. Make different choices. And it can just start with one. And I know people hear me preach and teach that all the time. One better choice. Uh, most important choice, giving your life to Christ. Right. But I want them to hear that too, that if they're finding blame in all of this, looking at themselves and making that choice towards that compass, towards that truth, can really also change their life and the generations. Yeah, and the other thing I would say, sorry, Pastor Steve, the other thing that I would say really quickly is the idea that it's not fun. Well, neither are the consequences of all this sin Amen. fun. And we have an eternity of fun ahead of us, an eternity of joy deeper than fun, not circumstantial. And so the opportunity for us in Christ is to throw off whoever we were before, to seek the best in every situation and the best of us, to learn what God wants for us because he has only love and the best plans, and then to do that one day at a time, knowing we'll make mistakes, but we'll make another choice uh, next time. Stay with us, folks. We'll wrap this up in the fourth segment. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com. Huntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are in our series entitled Courageous Conversations. And we're talking about choice. Uh, We're talking about sin. We're talking about the ramifications of sin, which we can't possibly foresee from our tiny little place on this earth seeing how far and wide the devastation uh, travels. And so in Christ, we have an opportunity to make different choices, to filter those choices through the black and white and red words of the Bible with an amazing joy in our hearts and the decision that says, I want to be a man of God or a woman of God, and I want to make decisions accordingly, and I have faith in God that he will produce the best outcomes for me as I make those choices. Pastor Steve, is that a good uh, wrap-up? I, I think it's great. And I, I want to thank you for pointing out um, 
that none of what we're saying is coming from a holier than now by by no means. Uh, listeners, please trust me. I, I there was many many years of my life, pastor was not in front of my name, and I was the heathen. I was the I was the guy in the bar um, getting tossed out because I was too drunk and climbing on top of the bar and dancing and um, looking for you know whatever girl I could take home. So please please don't hear us from that. But Praise be to God, I made that choice along the way to follow Jesus and to accept him as Lord and Savior, to allow him to come into my life and then be my Lord, not just my get out of hell out of get out of hell free card, but to be my Lord and to guide me through his word and to guide me through his Holy Spirit and bring me to this place to where it's a whole different you know, I took my whole playbook and, and it, and it doesn't happen overnight. There's things that fell off of me instantly. There's things that I had to mature through that I had to learn that I was doing I was like, Hey, that's not contrary to God's word. Wouldn't even have thought it a, a little while right. ago. Um, and then there's some stuff that he's still working on me. Um, all the, all this time later. So, so it's a process, but it's, it was that I, I, Submitted to that choice to say, "All right, Lord." One of my favorite sayings is, is, "Is you know, how's that working out for you?" Well, when I got to make all my own choices and 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 <laughs> and write my own rule book, it wasn't working out that great for me. But I can't tell you. I tell everyone that I'm the richest man alive now, and they they look at me funny, and I show them a picture of my family, and where God has taken me is. I would have never even dreamed that I would be where I am today. I think if you talk to most people who've been through that, their testimony, I would say the same thing. Mm. I'm the richest woman alive, Mm. and and I look at my family and where I've come from. And, yeah, it's just the most beautiful. And we were talking about fun (laughs) before in the end of the last segment, and it's like God's written the script for fun right there in his word if we only follow it. And and I think that that also brings us to, and uh, we might have should have got to it before the fourth segment. So go and sin no more. Um, all of the all of the calls to Christ require repentance, um, and I think that that's the. So, like he said, he didn't tell the woman at the well, it's okay to just get married five times and to live with a guy and do all that. You've now met me. Um, so you're good now, so just keep doing whatever you want to do. Right, keep yeah. walking in what you're walking in, but now just kind of add me as a as this overlaying thing. No, it doesn't work that mm, way. Right. He, um, Zacchaeus, uh, the woman caught in adultery, over and over and over again, he said, go and, and sin, sin no, no more. more. And so earlier we asked the question, what is sin? I think a good question to ask is, is what is repentance? And the simple version is, is turning. It's a, it's a 180 degree turn. Yeah. Um, if I'm going down this path and I and I now realize that it is contrary to God's word, then continuing down that path is a willful choice to disobey him. Yeah. And when I repent, I confess my sins, I repent of my sins, I've turned I've made that one eighty and I'm going the other direction. Um so whatever I deemed right and and acceptable by whatever reasons I got there. I'm now going the other direction. Well, if you t- talk about that compass, you're right. you're kind of you're lost out in the darkness. You find the compass, God's word. You get pointed towards Him, and you're 
you're on go heading in the right direction now. It kind of reminds me of a place in the um, oath of office that you take where you say uh, appointed as an officer, you'll do all manner of things thereunto pertaining. Okay. <laughs> and it's like being a Christian and yeah. just saying, Lord, I want to do right. all things thereunto pertaining. I've told you before, I have this vision of myself reporting for duty every morning. I actually, when I pray in the morning, I have this picture of walking down this long hall in a giant medieval castle, and Jesus is sitting at the end of the hall on a big throne, and I kneel in my armor with my sword at his feet, and I'm reporting for duty. Help me, Lord, to do all things thereunto pertaining, and to wear your banner in a manner that glorifies you, and to do your will out there in the village. And sometimes I even picture the riding through the village on a horse. But that's when I go too far, because I can't even ride. And can, can, I, can I simplify that real quick? Yeah. Do all you do as if unto the Lord. Do, do all, all you do, you do in, as word, if unto the Lord. in word and deed. I can't even say what you just They're said. They're pertaining. Yes. And that's so, what I was laughing. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, but now here, here's where we get to this important part, is one of the first words of Jesus' ministry is repent. And to repent, we know that that takes integrity, and it takes honesty, because we had one discussion about abortion, and we talked about people who are trying to avoid the consequences of their actions, pretending they weren't their actions, or pretending that it wasn't their fault. And then you say, well, is not your choice the choice not to have sex? Is that not truly your choice? And so you made the choice, and now you don't like the consequences, so you're going to force your choice on the world around you. So it takes integrity. And I think that's where we're having trouble because you got to kneel before the Lord. And, and he before will he's you. your Savior, he's your Lord. And that's why it's Lord and Savior. And that's why the first word is repent. Well, because to kneel there, sorry, one sec, to kneel there, you got you to gotta own it. Well, owning it, too, in the, in the um, this is courageous to do. I mean, we're having a courageous conversation and owning it in the face of, of other people not liking what you do. Right. Because then it's, if you own it, now they're faced with the their choices. Right. And then they impute judgment. And it's the most bizarre thing to me. It's like, hey, dude, you be you. I've just decided I don't want to go out to bars and drink a ton out on town, out on the town and get in trouble. So I want listeners to know that there's going to be some challenges there, but God's with them. And that's where Pastor Steve said something so brilliant in the last two shows. Don't it was. Get all, <laughs> friends, I We've wish been talking you could about it him. all he's, week. <laughs> he's getting all. He's got three amazing quotes from our last three shows. And what he said last week in terms of uh, we were talking about the intersection of faith and the secular world and that place of conflict. And he said, number one, you have to see it as a sin. Number two, don't see it as conflict. And I think that's so powerful because Christy was talking about choices, and she read that quote from Viktor Frankl. And what he said in there is the opportunity to convey meaning to what you do by making a higher choice that separates you from the animals as opposed to saying, oh, well, 
life's just happening to me. And behind that choice, I said, there's the choice of whether or not you pursue God. And all choices flow from there. Right. Final thoughts. Well, I'll just quickly say, and kind of alluded to it, when you make that choice not, we're using this as our tagline for today, when you make that choice not to go out with your buddies, before their their choices were never in question. But the moment that you make a contrary choice, it then flips the light onto them to say, wait a minute, should I be making this choice? And so that's a lot of times where the pushback comes from because now all of a sudden there's an illumination on them. And the good's already beginning because Jesus came to put us to a decision when he said, I will set a man against his father. That was not an easy choice. And that brings us to our moment of truth. As you know, in every show we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture which informs our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. So when we reference it, we know it's good, and He is trustworthy. Our moment of truth today comes from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, and most of us know it very well. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. Friends, our God is a loving Father. He says also in Jeremiah chapter 3 that He wants us to call Him Father. No other perspective explains His long-suffering patience with us, His wayward children. Bad things do happen to good people. That is true. People get sick, people get hurt, and we endure pain of all sorts. But God's desire is to love and nurture us as this scripture makes very clear. Turn to him in all things, little and big. Little things can have big, lasting consequences. So if you hear one thing from this show, it's the same thing as Solomon concluded thousands of years ago. It's the same thing that Job concluded in all of his suffering. Whatever happens, it's better to love and to fear God. Bringing that trust and that reverence to all we do in faith and belief that God is for us and not against us should cause us to make choices to put God into every aspect of our lives, from the moment we wake to our relationships at home, to work, to our conversations, to what we do with our money and what we do with our free time. Making the choice to offer our lives to God will have consequences for us, our children, and our children's children. If you want a better world, every choice matters because of the second and third order effects which can be restorative and healing or devastating and far-reaching. Choose God in everything. It's your choice. And that's Courageous Christianity. Thanks for being with us today. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and Semper Fi.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.